From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for uh, Thursday, December 14th, 2023. Week, what is this, Danny Fleck, 15 in the NFL? It is week 15. Damn. Time flies. Um, curb your enthusiasm is back February 4th. Well, that's good. Yes, <laughs> that's a great show. So yes. I'll be looking forward to that. It's concluding April seventh, um, and I, I just saw this, but it's a great dovetail into. There are some just atrocious football games that we will not talk about this week, unless for for betting purposes, I guess. Um, but it just makes me wonder. Just makes me think about a game like um, um, Chicago Cleveland this weekend. Like, no, no, sorry. Or even the Chargers Raiders tonight. I'm, I'm on Prime Video. No. I, I, I agree with you on. <clears throat> sorry, I agree with you on the Chargers uh, Vegas game, but the Chicago Cleveland game is really important at the end of the day when it comes to. Playoff seating and potential playoff matchups. It does the brunt, yes, yes. My uh, mistake there. Um, Sneak, it's a sneaky one, but it's it's really important. I think a lot. I think a majority of the games taking place this weekend, minus a few, um, you know, will will definitely have impact on, on what it is that we see in the playoff race. Whether it's one team or both teams that are are needing a victory to keep climbing that ladder to get into that that uh, wild card or you know seal a division for themselves. Let's start here. You spent a lot of time up in uh, Boston. You really think, or just sorry, do you think this is the end for Bill Belichick and that uh, 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 that report that came out earlier this year? I'm sorry, er, earlier this week. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things with him. It's all or nothing, right? Um, I, I've been saying this, I think, for a while. The people, you know, when I talk about the Patriots or, or whatever it may be, is Bill Belichick, the coach, is still, I think, one of the best coaches out there. Um, Bill Belichick, the GM, has been the issue. His roster management has been great. His draft, his draft style, his draft strategies haven't been great at all the last, like, you know, six or seven years. So a lot of like the issues that the Patriots are, are seeing right now isn't just because this team is bad this year. It's because some of the decisions they made, you know, leading up to the end of the Tom Brady era and post Tom Brady era, they didn't really sufficiently stack the roster preparing for a possible transition. You know, Tom Brady was really effective at making a team look more than the sum of its parts. Uh, you know, he, you look at some of the receivers he threw to over the course of his career. You look at some of the running backs he had back there. You know, there, there was never a situation besides maybe 2007 where Tom Brady walked onto the field with the best skill skill players at each of the positions that, that were on the field. And you know, for a long, long time, the method to the madness of Bill Belichick was working. But unfortunately, as as time went on and, and uh, the transition was going to be occurring between Brady. Um, I think that there's a lot of things he sides would have done differently. If you look back at it, I think the the gray area of Tom Brady's situation eventually maybe caused some of this because you know they wrote out that that 
era as long as possible, and they built the roster the same way until the very bitter end. And that, unfortunately, caused a reset for them that they weren't really prepared to do in the right way. You saw that they went to free agency a couple of years ago, spent a ton of money on people. Um, that was never really their method. Um, and their draft picks have not been able to supplement, you know, some of the aging stars or busts that they've seen in certain positions as well. So a lot of this is accumulation of things that have happened, you know, going back six or seven years. It's coming to a head now. If Belichick were to be able to say, hey, like, I don't want to be in charge of drafting anymore. I just want to develop talent. I want to, you know, coach the team. I'll give you my suggestions, my thoughts uh, on what it is that we need to do, but I, I you know, I'll, I'll hand those reins over. I think there's probably a, a high possibility that they, that he could stay in New England. I just don't think that's the case. I, I think given his, the way he's run his operation and his program the last 20 years, it's got to be all or nothing for him. Um, you know, another thing too is like how much money is this guy making? Is he even viable for another team to, to pick up? You know, if he's making twenty million dollars a year, which some reports out there state, you know, who can afford that? Uh, it, it may be time. You know, given like the new draft, the, the high draft pick they're going to be getting, to kind of reset the organization as a whole and, and come into a new era. Uh, but it's going to be hard, I think, for him to stay on as anything other than what he is right now. And if that's not what the Crafts want, then he he will be. Uh, you know, I think let go from his uh, his duties as general manager and coach of the of the Patriots. Well, it's gonna be fascinating. Could be the absolute end of an era. Um, could be absolutely fascinating um, if it if and when that comes to be. Uh, Tommy Cutlets, is that the next place we have to go? Uh, <laughs> I'll be there in New Orleans on Sunday. Are you more interested in the quarterback? Are you more interested in the team and where it goes? Are you more interested in the fact that they're alive in the playoffs? What about this phenomena? The agent? The Sopranos? Where where are you on this? Yeah, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago that the Giants were closer to fighting for a playoff spot than they were the top pick in the draft. And it's proven to be right. They played themselves out of a top five draft pick, I think, unless something happens here where they are able to squeeze into that top five, even with, you know, five or six wins, which is probably highly unlikely. Uh, they are now in the situation where, as a fan, you look at this and you say, you know, we've done what we've done. They're out of a playoff spot. I mean, out of a, a top ten spot or top five spot, you know, at this point, just go for it, right? Like, who cares? I know that you have these talking heads all saying stuff like, you know, it, it's going to throw back their franchise and blah, 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 and look at all the money they paid to Daniel Jones and look at what DeVito's done. It's not in a vacuum, all right? Like, everything's a little bit nuanced when it comes to this stuff. You look at the roster as a whole, it started to get healthy after Daniel Jones got hurt. Um, Andrew Thomas came back. Pugh was, was signed and, and inserted into the into the starting lineup, Wondell Robinson reps picked up, Saquon was getting healthier, uh, the defense was, was starting to click a little bit, yeah, they've had some really bad games here and there, but like overall I think the defense has played pretty well given what they have out there. It's really annoying seeing like the comparisons, like look what Tommy DeVito's done and look what, what Daniel Jones has done. 
Um, there's no saying that Daniel Jones wouldn't have done that. And I, I probably sound like a Daniel Jones apologist right now, but it, it's two different scenarios that, uh, as a logical person, I, I'm treating very, very separately. You know, um, a guy like Daniel Jones was going out there getting his brains beat out the first six, seven weeks of this season, got hurt. The Giants were desperate in that Vegas game, and that may have contributed to his injury. So there's a lot that the Giants aren't clean of in this situation. But looking at this team now, I think the one thing I'm taking away from it is that they were able to turn around their season from, I think, uh, a storyline standpoint, right? They are no longer the an easy win for other teams. They're not the doormat of the NFL. You know, they have been able to inspire some confidence that this coaching staff and this the GM partnership is able to figure things out on the fly and get this team to a situation where they can at least be competitive. Now, what this means for them long term, we'll see. I think they have a decent amount of cap space next year. I think they're going to do their best to maybe bring in some more competition in the quarterback spot, whether that is drafting a young guy early um, or early in the second round. We'll see. Uh, we're not going to be talking draft for a while, but you know, I'm not jumping out of my seat despite what everyone is saying for some of these prospects that are coming out this year. Um, I have my questions on all of them, and I'd be very, very hesitant to just be like, this guy is the answer for them for the next 10 years. But you go down to New Orleans this, year, this week, against a team that's not very good, that is favored by six points, that has a quarterback that I think is hated by all of his teammates. They don't throw the ball very far downfield, which I think actually plays very much into the Giants' hands from a defensive perspective. Quarterback gets hit a lot, um, and their defense is old and aging and could be right for some opportunity here to be exposed. I wouldn't be surprised if they win on Sunday. At all, you know. Granted, the other, I think the there's a time that this story, this uh, fairy tale, will come to an end with them. I'm not so sure it's this week because I don't trust the Saints at all. I, I they're not very good, as I mentioned. I just don't think that their coaching staff and our players are that much fully bought in, and yeah, they have a like a lot to fight for, you know, to potentially win the division and or get into the playoffs, but. I just don't think they're very good. Um, and, and the Giants have proven, you know, over the last couple of weeks that they're going to stay in games. You know, they throw out that Dallas game and you look at their schedule from the Bills on, they're pretty much in every single game that they played in. They played the Bills really, really tight, beat the Commanders, lost to the Jets. I had a Daniel Jones injury in the Cowboys game, but, you know, five of their last eight games, seven games, whatever it is, like, they've been in, it's been one-score games, one way or another. Um, so I think we'll see that similar type of performance from them. Uh, again, like, they're not scoring a ton of points. They're not very explosive on offense. They need a lot of things to go right for them to win this game, but they've been doing a lot of those little things. You know, the special team has been better. They've been getting after the quarterback. They've been forcing a ton of turnovers. Um, so, you know, with that type of game script and, and the ability for them to maybe produce some chunk plays here and there, I, I think that gives them a chance in this game. Daniel Flecker with us here on uh, Teeing It Up. Um, I want to jump to Monday night. 
because uh, you had you have strong thoughts on two teams, Philly and Buffalo, which are in prime spots this week. So Philly, Seattle, you have big thoughts on Philly. Yeah, I, I thought last week that we would see a better performance from them. Um, you know, the metrics and the stats showed they did play a lot better than the score maybe indicates, but there's still, again, you watch this team, there's still some things that are just missing there. Offensively, they were able to move the ball, but they had a lot of key turnovers, drop passes, that kind of stalled drives. They went away from their run game, you know, not utilizing some of the explosiveness they have in the backfield with a guy like DeAndre Swift. Jalen Hurts ran the ball a little bit more, especially that first drive. Like They were very much adamant about running the ball with Jalen Hurts, and he has a big fumble. Defensively, they just can't stop anybody. Uh, you know, They were getting shredded through the air. It's been a common theme for them the last couple of weeks. You know, they're back in their secondaries, keeps getting hit with injuries. They haven't been able to get any sort of consistency there. And it's put them in this rut that's really hard to see how they get out of it unless you know games are matchup dependent for them. Seattle's a good matchup for them, but we saw Seattle a couple of weeks ago with Geno Smith throw the ball all over the yard with um, against Dallas. This, to me now, for Philadelphia, comes down to coaching. Um, they really need to get in there and go back and do the things on offense that they're really good at. And one of the things I think that made their defense so good last year was that they were able to play with the lead. They were a front-running team. They got out early, and then they just kind of like choked you into submission until you could no longer take it. And I think that's sort of the game script that they need to follow the next couple of weeks is must must be more aggressive early on and allow our team then to play based off of the game flow rather than the game script, if that makes any sense, right? Yeah. You, you script out your game, you hope that the game goes out that way, and if, it, if you fall off script, then you're kind of screwed. I think if you can be aggressive early on, allow the game to flow in the direction that you want it to go in, then you can do things more more accustomed to the way that you're used to doing them. So I think that's the way I would approach if I were Philadelphia. I'd run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, play action, get Jalen Hurts outside, do some, you know, layered crossing routes to, you know, open up the field, and then you're going to be able to hit those deep shots over the middle. And Seattle's a defense that's going to allow that because they're just not very good on the back end either, and their run defense isn't isn't that great. So they got to be aggressive. If, if they're not, if there's another game here where Philadelphia is kind of struggling to put a team away, it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out for them because they still have, I believe, some one or two games that could be an issue. Actually, no. I mean, they got the Giants twice and the Cardinals. They're very fortunate there. Um, but if they lose another game, say on Monday, and the Dallas wins, then you're hoping Dallas trips up one more time before the end of the season to get that division. So um, the, the, the path for the Eagles is still there for them to win the division. Um, I believe if, if they win the rest of their games, even if Dallas wins theirs, they would be atop the division. So they can still get home field for at least one round, uh, but I think their path to potentially the number one seed has gone away uh, with their last couple of weeks of performances. And then Buffalo, it's just a weird, they, they came up empty against KC, 
Uh, well, sorry, sorry, sorry. They, they they get the win against KC because of all of KC's whining and all that. But I'm not sure you or I are sold on Buffalo in general. I, I think I am sold on Buffalo. Okay. Um, I, I've been kind of beating their drum for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, since the Jets game. Uh, you know, I, I bet them every single week since, you know, since they played the Jets. Um, and I like the way that they're playing defensively lately compared yes. to what they've done on offense. I think their defense is still decent enough to, to keep them within games. Offensively, they have a lot more areas they can grow in and be really good in. I don't know if they have the patience for it. Um, you know, early on, they were beating the Chiefs with running back passes, and they kind of went away from that. They weren't able to scheme up digs open at all. Um, their other wide receiver, Gabe Davis, didn't even have a target or a catch. That was my point. Yeah, like like you hated the way that they called that second half at all. Yeah, I just don't. When I, sometimes when I watch the Bills, it's what is your objective on an offense? Do you want to establish the run? Do you want to get Diggs involved? Do you want to spread it around? It seems like every single week they try to take on this new identity. Um, and, and it's worked for them, too, over the last three weeks. You know, the Eagles game should have been a win for them. So they should have been they should be on a three-game win streak. But I think if I'm the Bills going against, you know, moving forward the rest of the year, you want to be more balanced and you want to get more people involved. And, you know, it's very easy to see in that game last week that once once the Chiefs figured out, you know, how to, to neutralize a bit of the running back out of the backfield, that Diggs was not going to do anything. He was shut down, and, you know, the Chiefs have, have a good secondary, but he was not even open. I don't think on any catch that he made either. He wasn't, like, open. Everything was, like, behind a line of scrimmage, very horizontal. They got it take advantage, I think, a little bit of some of their other skill sets they have with their wide receivers and tight ends. So hopefully they can be a little more balanced against Dallas this week, but, you know, I I still think that they're on the right path here. They're the one team that I think in the AFC, if they make the playoffs, that I would be, like, very excited to to take a long-shot future on to potentially make the Super Bowl. I just think that they match up, will match up well with some of the teams they play. And, you know, with a guy like Josh Allen back there, you you are still in pretty much every game. And, and you look at the games that they've lost this year. Lost by six to the Jets, and that was in overtime. Lost by five to the Jaguars. Lost by one score to the Bengals. Two points to the Broncos. Three points to the Eagles. They're in every single game. Yeah. They're, not, they're not being blown out. They're not being, you know, thrown aside. They had just fixed, I think, a couple of different things here and there, and they're going to be able to, to you know, go on a run here, but they need to be more balanced. Daniel Flecker with us here on Teeing It Up. Um, I'm not asking this just because they're playing the Jets. Uh, Miami, where where do you see them playing in all this mix? They're in a rough spot this weekend, um, to be honest with you. I, I told you about the Jets last week. Yeah, you did. I don't know if they can win down in Miami, but I do know that there's probably some different vibes going on in that locker room right now. They played Miami really, really tough the last time. You know, they had that embarrassing pick six um, that happened, kind of flipped the game a little bit to make it a little bit more lopsided than maybe it was supposed to be. Um, they played Tua well the last couple of times they played him. 
And now you have a situation for Miami where I think they've lost three or four of their starting offensive linemen. Um, you know, they might be on all backups on their offensive line. Tyreek Hill's hurt. Devon A-Chain's hurt. Their defense isn't as stout as it was after losing you know, a guy like Phillips. Um, you know, they're struggling maybe a little bit on the offense, on the defensive line. They're coming into this game with a tough stretch of opponents also after this one. So they're in a situation where it's like, oh, what, do we go all out for this game or, or let our stars heal up for a little bit? Because they got the Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills to close out the season. Not the easiest. Not- doomsday, yeah, doomsday scenarios that they could be playing for the division and a playoff spot the last week of the season. Um, and, you know, if they were to, if they were to falter this weekend, um, that loss on Monday night kills them. You know, long term, they're in a tough spot. They, they are from an injury side really going to be up against it this week. Even if Tyreek Hill is out there. I mean, God bless this man. He is a freak of nature. But how much easier do you think it may, you know, becomes to defend this team if Tyreek Hill can't beat you over the top? I, I think if you can keep Tyreek Hill in front of you, which is like the dream of every defense, you can probably handle this Miami offense. Um, but you got to flip it back over to the Jets now. You know, can Zach Wilson repeat even like eighty percent of his performance from this past weekend? Yes. I've been asking myself the same questions. I mean, he, he, in that second half, the Jeff scored 30 points. He didn't score 30 points for like four weeks. Most points he scored in about 20 years. So, it really comes down to me, you know, on this game is if the Jets defense is able to understand and figure out what Miami is doing offensively, it's going to be a slugfest. I think it's absolutely going to be a slugfest. The Jets defense is good enough. Tua's not escaping the pocket, beating you, you know, with his legs. And Tyreek Hill is not 100% and able to, you know, stretch the defense. You know, it's going to be played really in that 10, it's going to be played in that 0 to 15 yard range from the line of scrimmage rather than from that 0 to 60 or 70 yard range, uh, which Tyreek Hill allows you to do. So it's going to be an interesting game. I, I, I'm not putting it past the Jets to maybe even go in there and play this one very, very tight. I, I'm on their side against the spread this week. Again, from a from a win standpoint, I still haven't seen enough from Zach Wilson to, to make me think that they're capable of pulling off this type of upset on the road. But after last week, you got to think that that Jets team is going to this game saying, you know, why not? Why not make this interesting for ourselves? They've got, they've got a decent slate ahead of them. You know, With Aaron Rodgers looming next week. Yeah, and even if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play next week, the commanders stink and their pass defense stinks. So there's, yeah. Again, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying the Jets are, are making the playoffs or pushing for the playoffs or anything like that, but the, you know, the vibe of this team has to have flipped completely on its head given the way that they were able to play last week. They can spoil They're some folks. And they can absolutely give Garrett, uh, uh, just like give fantasy owners uh, who own Garrett Wilson some playoff wins. They can absolutely do that. Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting game. I, I just think that Miami, again, sometimes the NFL isn't about the teams that you're playing, but the spots that you're playing. And Miami's coming off a terrible loss, banged up, top wide receivers out. 
are going to be very, very limited. One of your other running backs is, is you know, very much questionable to come into this game. This just could be a spot play, and the Jets could be in a better spot. They're healthy. They, they figured some things out last week. Should be good weather, you know, so I, I don't see why it's going to be an easy game for Miami. I think it's going to be very, very tough. What else strikes your fancy on this NFL slate? There are a lot of games, actually. When I went through and looked at, like, the games I wanted to bet on this week, I was like, oh, wow, I actually like the card a lot better than I thought I would this week. All the Saturday games are are interesting. They might not be the best games at the end of the day, but they're all interesting. Minnesota, Cincinnati, I mean, I don't think there's enough money in the world to pay somebody who watched all of Minnesota versus Las Vegas <laughs> last week. But they're, they're fighting for their playoffs. Uh, chances here. Their fourth starting quarterback this year against the Cincinnati team that has just picked up some steam the last couple of weeks. You know, everyone was writing them off, so their season was over. They're very much in the thick of things this week, and, and I don't see why it is that they can't, you know, continue to move forward. I like their coach. I like their staff. I like their defense. Um, you now, I. I I love the spot that they're in. You know, people are probably thinking that Minnesota can go in there and, and, and beat them. I don't see it. I, I think Cincinnati is just, you know, playing at a different level right now. And again, I think they're in, in a spot where they're like, we can do this. You know, we can keep going forward, and, and we have an opportunity here to, to make some noise. Um, Pittsburgh, Indy, you know, fight for the playoffs in that one too. Um, they're both six and seven right now. So whoever wins that game has an easier shot to make it to the playoffs, even though I don't think either of them makes it. But for one more week, they're in it. And then Denver and Detroit, another 7-6 team in Denver going to the Detroit Lions, who have really come up against it lately. Their defense doesn't look that good. Their offense has kind of struggled. Um, is Jared Goff kind of hitting you know, a bit of a, a lull in his season? We'll see. I, I think that's a really, really interesting game. Um, you know, I'm excited for the Saturday slate. To be honest with you, I think all of those games will be a lot of fun to watch. Then on Sunday, I, I think the one game that you know we didn't talk about that could be interesting will be Baltimore versus Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville sits at eight and five. Depending on the situation in the Indianapolis game, if Indy wins and Jacksonville loses. We now have a fight for the division um, down there. And and Baltimore, really, at the end of the end, can, with this win, can pretty much seal the north. But we could be coming out of this this weekend with six of the eight divisions. No, I'm sorry. Seven of the eight divisions in question. The only one that's locked up right now is the NFC West and San Francisco locked up a playoff spot last week and most likely are going to beat the Cardinals. But every other division in football could be up for grabs Crazy. depending on the outcome of that game. So if Baltimore wins, I think they're in a really good spot. But even if they do win, uh, a lot arise on what you know Cleveland does. But every other division could potentially be within one game or tied at the top at the end of this weekend. So these games are really, really important and will go a long way in determining what the next couple of weeks will look like. But th- I think this might be one of those slates where you're like, okay, we only have like two primetime matchups. 
but every matchup is so important for every team. Uh, I think the only one that you look at is like, okay, this one could, could be a complete dud, is Atlanta, Carolina. Uh, Carolina is just an absolute mess. And, and don't, don't ride off on the Kansas City, New England game. Um, Kansas City is going to win that game most likely, but what version of Kansas City do we see? Um, yeah, we haven't and, seen a good version in a long time. Do we? And and I'm I'm not trying to make any comparisons here, but you saw with the Warriors and Draymond Green, outside problems get brought into the uh, into the arena. Now he's been suspended for for his long list of um, of transactions indefinitely. The Mahomes Kelsey offense vibe has not been the same. They need Pacheco back. They need to get healthy. They need to keep that thing rolling and just get back on the same page and have everybody at even keel. We don't need, if, if you're a Seas fan, um, emotional players. That's done nobody any good. Yeah, I think the thing offensively is where's the consistency? Because I just took a look at their schedule here. Eight of their 13 games, they scored under 21 points. Ouch. That's not what you expect from no. this team. And I, I think a lot of it, again, as we said it uh, weekly, like their receivers stink. Um, they can't line up properly. <laughs> uh, they can't catch passes. Mahomes, you know, I get it. He was frustrated last week and, and everything like that, but... You know, this is what you get a little bit when you have so much money tied up into a quarterback. Uh, but also, I, I blame the Chiefs front office a little bit too, is not understanding that you need to get better and younger at these positions. But you know, everyone just. You are still there, Danny. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Sorry. I had a call come in. You uh, broke up there on, on uh, the uh, front office. Yeah, they should have done a better job of supplementing what they had. Um, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. When you have a guy like Mahomes, you think that he can, you know, pull a rabbit out of his hat every single game. And it's, you know, proven not to be the case, at least lately, that, you know, he needs some help a little, you know, on the on the back end. We are all human. We are all human. Danny Flecka, thank you, as always, for joining us on Teeing It Up. No problem, man. Have a good one. You got it. And thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.